Hello and welcome to another episode of Sunrise Podcast. Today's episode is quite special for us because the artist we're going to talk about was chosen by our dear patrons. We ran a little poll and we had two suggestions by our dear patrons, David and Kelly. We had In Excess and Sly and the Family Stone. And this time Sly and the Family Stone won. So today we're going to talk about this famous and legendary band. Uh, Alexander, um, how are you doing today? Hi Vlada, hi everyone. I'm doing great, a bit tired, but looking forward to this episode. Uh, dear patrons, thank you very much for giving us such fantastic suggestions. It was extremely difficult to pick, um, to pick the band, but I'm quite happy that we're doing Sly and the Family Stone. I think their music and especially their lyrics are especially important in these times. So Vlada, can you make a can you make a quick intru introduction about the band and uh, obviously their importance in in uh, in this in these times? Thanks, Alexander. Uh, also, dear patrons and dear listeners, if you want to participate in our polls, if you want to make suggestions, you can visit our Patreon page. And there we have special tiers for you. So if you become our roadie with $3 a month, you may get the voting, special voting rights. And if you become our agent for $5 a month, you get to vote, uh, you get to suggest the artist. So if you're interested in, in taking part in this, check this out. For the rest of you, uh, be free to leave any feedback or any comment and also check out our Instagram patreon and facebook pages uh, we are so sure we are sure mm -hmm. sorry Vlade, we are sure that our listeners have plenty of nice bands to suggest so guys go over join the patreon community and give us your give us your favorite bands that you would like us to chat about all right so today as we already said we're talking about sly and the family stone this band was formed in 1960s in San Francisco during the peace and love era. And uh, what's really fascinating and interesting about this band is that it was the first major American rock band to feature an integrated lineup. As the name of the band suggests, it's also a band that is partially comprised of the family members. So Sly Stone was the band's obvious leader, but uh, he also had his brother Freddie in the band as well as his sister Rosa. The rest of the band was comprised of other great musicians such as Greg Errico, uh, Jerry Martini, Cynthia Robinson and the legendary bass player Larry Graham. And Larry Graham is known for one thing, he invented the so-called slap bass technique. So, yes, sir. Alexander, as a bass player, have you ever tried to slap your bass? Yes, I have tried, but I have to say that I'm not a slap bass player. I prefer the pick and um, and the finger style, obviously. Now, I know that some people consider uh, the, the picking style to be <laughs> sinful or not appropriate or too much guitarish, guitar playerish. I, I don't know. Guitaresque. Guitaresque in a way. But that's not true. We all know that you have 
a lot of great base, a lot of legendary bass players that, that use the plectrum. But regarding Larry Graham, whether you're a bass player or not, if you're a musician, you have probably seen the legendary clip where Larry Graham explains why he uh, came up with the idea of slapping the bass and the how. So basically, uh, at one point, uh, probably before he joined Sly and the Family Stone, um, he didn't have a drummer uh, along with him, so he wanted to kind of compromise and create the drum sound using the bass. So he wanted to have uh, the sound of the kick drum and the snare drum. So uh, that's how the slap the, the slap technique um, came to came to this world. And as you all guys know, it is absolutely iconic. Everybody recognizes it um, when listening to music. And I have to also say that it's not just funk music that um, where you can hear the um, the slap bass technique. You, you can also hear it in other genres, such as, for example, new metal. Uh, I know, Vlada, that you don't like it, but um, all right. <laughs> it's yeah, I know it's not one of your favorite uh, types of music, obviously. But uh, for example, one of the most well-known new metal bands, Korn, uh, their bassist tends to uh, slap slap his bass guitar, and to be fair, he does it pretty pretty in a pretty cool way. So it's very versatile, and uh, as you, as you guys know, you. It just simply makes you dance. So thank you, thank you, Larry Graham. All right. So this band, besides having fantastic instrumentalists, was really influential for the development of soul, funk, and R&B music. And I feel that they are kind of overlooked nowadays because if you look at the most important, the most major funk R&B artists, let's say, Prince or maybe uh, some even hip hop artists like Outkast, you can notice a very clear influence that these guys had on all these different major acts that followed them. So Funkadelic, Funkadelic among other things, you know. So we're talking about a very major artist, very major band that shaped. Uh, the modern R&B music as we know it, that shaped the modern funk music. Um, their message was all about peace and love, and it was also very politically charged. So they were not just the first in racially integrated band, but they also had a lot of things to say about it. And they mostly did it through this very positive anti-racist vibe that they always uh, that they always exhibited in their work. Uh, but we will go through different records here and you will see how their records evolved over the years and also how their message became more and more prominent, one might say. So without further ado, let's move on to the first record today. And that's uh, their third album, Life. So Alexander, what can you tell me? What kind of impression did this record leave on you? Quite a positive impression, Vlada. Um, I really liked the musician musicianship here. I think uh, the music was absolutely brilliant, especially the first couple of tracks. You know, the first track, Dynamite. Um, basically, the title of that track says says it all. Um, 
the rhythm section is out of this world. Uh, I, I will say that um, this album is slightly inconsistent, especially the side two of this album. For some reason, uh, side two is kind of in and out. You know, it's not it's not that every track is uh, a masterpiece, but overall the whole album sounds pretty good. What I like about it is the um, the joking lyrics, where, which you can find, for example, in in the track "Chicken," and at the same time, that's one of my favorite tracks here. But uh, apart from the lyrics, uh, where uh, I would like to point out the musicianship is uh, with the track "Love City," because there's a part in that song where they sing and play the drums, you know, no other instruments, and the drumming is fantastic. It's so contagious and so fast pace, really influential, really, um, I don't know, I, I get goosebumps when, when I listen to it, so um, overall, for me, a, a very good record. What about you, Lada? Well, um, you made some really good points here. Um, I would say that this record didn't leave such a great impression on me as the other two that we're going to talk about. Uh, other than that, I do think that it's a quality album, that it's very consistent throughout. Basically, the way I, I hear it is there's a lot of funky jams. Uh, the songs are kind of more sketches than songs, than fully realized songs. But they're still very fun to listen to and they're very upbeat. You know, they they, they have this ability to get you moving and... When it comes to that kind of stuff, this band was probably at their time unmatched, you know. Uh, I'm not sure which track I would single out because everything kind of blends together for me. Uh, but Plastic Gym, I really like that one. I remember that one leaving a, an impression on me. The words, the lyrics are very quirky, not just in that song, but throughout the record. And I kind of like that free spirit, that sort of fun, joyous quality that this album possesses. Mm, I'm not sure this is the best place to start with the band. If you were to start listening uh, to Sly and the Family Stone, I think this would not be the greatest starting point. But I think it's definitely a record that you have to listen to after you check out the ones that I personally think are a good starting place. Good points, Vlada. Yeah, so... Um... Shall we Shall we now do the ratings for this album, Vlada? Of course, yes. Yeah. So, let me hear you. What's your take? Um, as you guys know, it's always difficult to give a precise rating. Uh, it's always, you know, subject to, to changes and, uh, let's say, it's tentative. So, for now, I will give it an 8 out of 10, Vlada. Okay, that's a very good rating. I will give it 7.5 because I think this is a really good record. Uh, there aren't many flaws, but what I really miss are major songs. And this band proved to me later on that they are more than capable of having major songs. So here it's 7.5. But I also feel that this record has the potential to grow on me. So this rating might change over time this is one of the reasons why i generally don't like giving ratings but we want to have some kind of scale 
just to let you guys uh, be able to to understand where we're coming from when we rate records, right? Uh, we want to give so, you guys the chance to either praise us or attack us, you know? <laughs> yes, maybe some of you think that this is their best record and you might not like our comments. So we really want to hear from you whether you like our comments or not. We really enjoy getting your feedback hearing your thoughts about these albums so please be free to uh, contact us or leave comments on our pages all right so the next record following this one is called stand stand with the exclamation mark so very straightforward but also a very political message understanding the context of the times and we see that in some ways it's still applicable, right? So, Alexander, what about this one? As you said, it's quite political and it sends a strong message. It, it, the whole album is very in your face, both um, music-wise and uh, lyrics-wise as well. Um, I, I don't find this album for now. I, I kind of don't find it as a huge upgrade compared to, to the previous record, but it's still very good. And again, I'm not sure if they, this is some kind of pattern, but uh, the first couple of tracks absolutely um, leave leave you speechless, both the music and the and the lyrics, especially this uh, this kind of sending a message using very simple uh sentences you know they really want to keep it simple and understandable that's what i like it's kind of let's say uh it's kind of punky you know it's not some it's not some witty um hard to understand stuff it's really straightforward and uh followed by great great musicians as i said the rhythm section is is fantastic and also let's not let's not forget the vocals you know sly stone is a very good vocalist but when they all sing together it's even better so that just shows you how talented this this bunch were uh did you have the same impression Vlada, when it comes to their vocals oh yeah yeah the vocals uh, are one of their strong suits you know even though i mean this band doesn't quite have any flaws instrumentally or vocally speaking that's one of the fascinating things about them like everything is so perfectly aligned and it's such a joy listening to them and i think you can with sense this record, the chemistry you know you can yes sense. the chemistry which which is something very characteristic of the bands that include family members i i think there's something about it like uh, guys can you perhaps give us some of your examples of the artists of the family members that work together that would be interesting to talk about as well so yeah they have that special chemistry but what I think is a major step forward on this record is that they finally found their voice, that uh, the songwriting, the, the, uh, the, craft, the craft of the songs is there. Like the songs are much more immediate, much more in your face, uh, much more hook filled. They're catchier. They, they instantly grab your attention. They're very poppy and yet funky and soulful at the same time. And this is where they move forward, I think. Also, 
the political undertones are much more obvious here than on the previous record, especially the second track uh, with its infamous, uh, infamous, with its infamous use of racial slurs. Uh, and it has such a positive message against racism, such a positive message that we should all get together, that we should all celebrate life and not uh discriminate against others who don't look like us you know this is i think also one of the songs that really epitomize the vibe and the overall message that this band was trying to convey so alexander what's your take on this tune and the political undertones or overtones of this record well to be fair right from the beginning of this song i could hear and i could understand quite well the message you know it's really simple uh, the lyrics consist of basically two sentences but the song is six minutes long there's a lot of improvisation that's what i, I quite like about this band and i think correct me if i'm wrong uh, i i know i know that you're a big fan of the 60s but is it typical of uh, of the bands that were active in the 60s to be really into jamming you know when we talked about jefferson airplane yeah most definitely especially the san francisco scene right yes like we mentioned jefferson airplane they also they are also a psychedelic rock band from san francisco they were also active in the 60s and they were really into improvisations and jamming and they were established as a live act and i think the same thing um applies to uh, Sly and the Family Stone. So, so the second track here is one of my favorites, definitely. And dear listeners, uh, you will you won't have any issues understanding the message of it. And I'm I really urge you to um, to stick to it and you know use it as your I don't know your your life quote, so to say. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this song is a one of those anti-racist anthems of the 60s um, so please check it out uh, also i would like to single out another song that i truly fell in love with the song is called everyday people and i originally heard it in the film milk which was about the famous lgbt activist harvey milk the story of this film was set in San Francisco in the 70s. And in one of the scenes, you can hear the song Everyday People. And just remember being blown away by the song when they first heard it. Uh, very catchy, short pop tune with some amazing vocals by Sly Stone. I especially like the way where he emphasizes some parts vocally the vocal dynamics are just fantastic it's just so beautiful it's just so uplifting uh and this is another thing that this band does so well that they're capable of being uplifting without ever sounding corny but without ever sounding cheesy and i think that's a major feat exactly Vlada. Um, I just want to add one more thing about the second track. Um, for some reason, the melody of this of this song really reminds me of Funkadelic. You know, I'm a big fan of Funkadelic. They are a fantastic band. Really, something that I'm looking for when I 
when I, you know, have the need to listen to funk music. Um, so the influences are obvious, and this is probably one of the most influential um, funk bands ever. And th there's another, uh, there's another track here called "Sex Machine." So I think there is another song, also a funk song with the same title, Vada. Oh yeah, the famous James Brown song, Sex Machine. But this Sex Machine here is more of a jam than a song. So it's it's an instrumental, 13 minutes of this band jamming. And it's really fascinating to hear them jam because they sound so in sync when they do it. However, I think that this song disrupts the flow of the record. If it was a bit shorter, then it would be okay. But one has to bear in mind that the bands in the 60s were under a tremendous pressure to deliver albums year after year. And uh, I guess sometimes they just needed to fill out the time. So perhaps it's better to do it this way than including some kind of meaningless filler song. There you go. So let's pick our favorite tracks and do the, the notorious ratings, Vlada. Uh, my favorite track is uh, the first one called Stand, uh, the title track, and the opening track uh, at the same time. Um, the message is clear and obvious and very understandable, um, absolutely um, applicable to, to the events that we're witnessing these days. Um, so that's my standout track, and my rating is um, slightly higher than... Um, than the rating for the previous album, so uh, that's going to be 8.5 out of 10, Vlada. All right, I have to say I agree with this rating, so it's 8.5, definitely a classic record, very consistent throughout. As I said, the band really came into their own here, the songs are very strong right from the get-go, the title track, very melodic, very catchy, several other wonderful songs my personal highlight is everyday people but there's so much more to this album other than that so definitely uh this might be a really good starting point for somebody digging into this band for the first time i would advise them to check out this record first if they like it then it means sly and the family stone is the band for them so 8.5 on my behalf nice all right Mother. All right, so we have one more record with a very political title. Now, the previous title was political, I think, but this one speaks for itself. There's a riot going on. Again, something applicable to these times. Unfortunately, as we see, dear listeners, uh, in the 21st century, we're still dealing with the issues of racism. And uh, we can only hope that eventually we will eradicate this illness, this social illness, right? Um, so there's a riot going on. The band here is moving in another direction, I think. Now they, they move away from that positive hippie vibe into darker realms. So this is a very dark funk record and it sounds beautiful. As such, uh, Alexander, would you agree with this? Um, 
not not I'm not as impressed as you are for some reason maybe I need to give this one another shot uh, for me um, it's slightly worse compared to the previous two albums um, the big positive here is the album cover I really like it whether it's whether it's in uh, its original colors because there's a version of the album of the album cover with uh, original uh, US uh, colors and there's also a version where it's all in black and white but overall I like the the flag themed cover and is there any kind of uh, background story or was it just meant to uh, symbolize the, the the politics because as we know uh, like Jefferson Airplane you know most of their uh, album covers or at least those that we covered um, that we talked about they all featured those American flaggy um, elements so is it the same thing or is there something else to it Vlada? Well uh, Sly Stone said it himself that this was his idea his concept so what we have here is uh, a slightly altered American flag with the black color instead of blue and with suns instead of stars. So uh, Sly explained that he wanted to feature three colors, uh, red for the color of blood that's in everybody's veins that flows through all human beings then uh, white as the unification of all colors so all colors are represented by the white color and then the black color is the absence of color that was his explanation uh, and then the most important part i think is the suns he said that basically stars represent something that we strive to reach throughout our life uh, throughout our lives, but the sun is something that's always there, that we always benefit from. So I guess one can say that it's all about enjoying the world as it is and seeing the best in people. You know, there's a very humane message behind this uh, album cover, but I also think it's very politically charged, especially given that they alter the American flag, some people might find something like that radical or even offensive, especially if they're conservative. And it might also symbolize some kind of political change that they want to see in the, U in the USA. So in that sense, I think this is a perfect album cover, especially considering the, the political climate of those times. But even today, we see we can uh, find this more or less applicable. Oh, I love I love the idea behind the the album artwork. Lada, thanks a lot for that for that explanation. Uh, what I want to ask you is um, uh, about the length of this album because it is clearly longer uh, than both Stand and Life. So uh, this is also uh, an album from uh, the 1970s. It was released in 1971. So uh, is there any reason behind it, Vlada, uh, that they decided to, to release a longer album. As we know, um, albums, you know, music, music albums in the 50s and in the 60s weren't 
that long, you know, like 30 to 40 minutes, and this one is close to being a 50 minutes uh, uh, long album, Vlada. Well, I think that, um, first of all, I think that at that point, and this is just my theory, I'm not quite sure if that's correct, they probably had more artistic freedom and less pressure by the label, so they could sort of refine their music and include all their ideas. They weren't in the rush, like with the previous album, which you can tell was a bit rushed, despite being amazing. Um, so that might be one of the reasons. Um, I think this album, while Stand was more kind of, you can say, singles oriented, because a lot of songs on Stand could be standalone singles. This album seems more unified. It seems to have more of a concept going on. Just the, the, the whole mood of it, the, the mood, this dark, edgy mood, you know, it's, uh, it's very edgy, it's very, in, in its way, it's, it's radical because it turns these very positive, uplifting beats into something much, uh, much more cynical. And also the, the lyrics are such as well, you can tell by, by certain songs. Yeah. Uh, for example, one of my favorites is the song Time, which sounds very poignant, very wistful. There is some kind of melancholy in it. There is some kind of sadness and, and resignation, uh, which was also beautifully performed by Sly Stone. Um, there's the title track, which is one long jam, but unlike sex machine that kind of meandered a bit this jam seems to uh, be much more intense you know so i i relate it all to the political uh, message of the record it's it's it was also like the uh, the early 70s the time when there's there was a lot of disappointment with this whole peace and love movement and that uh, the sound of of this record reflects that perfectly yep yep that's that, that that's true Vlada. um what i don't like about this album so my complaint about this record is that uh, i kind of uh, found the production quality to be slightly disappointing uh, i thought the drum cymbals um kind of sounded a bit low i don't know why especially given the fact that their rhythm section is wicked and fantastic so i i didn't find the quality even though it's it's the same label you know um i you know they recorded they issued all these records that we're talking about uh, under the same label but for some reason the audio quality isn't just as good um uh, with this one compared to the previous two, um, Lara, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I think it might be deliberate. I think this album just has a different sound to it. So for me, um, to me, it sounds the same. Like in, not the same, but it, it sounds perfectly fine. You know, the, I don't see any flaws with its sound. So I, I think I disagree with you on that. Perhaps it was a deliberate decision to have a different sound for this. Yes, you know, <laughs> I don't get why would you, uh, why would you, you know, tone down the the drums? I mean, that's that's really not the not the point. And dear listeners, if there are any musicians out there uh, 
listening to this episode now. You all know that when you're in a music studio, the drums are undoubtedly the loudest instrument, you know, and you love that, especially if you're a crazy bassist that loves the connection with the drummer. But um, regarding the instruments, Vlada, does it surprise you that one of the uh, musicians that was featured um, on this record was Ike Turner? Does that surprise you? Not really, to be fair. I mean, it, it is a, a great uh, addition to this album, uh, but I think Ike Turner at that time was a highly influential R&B musician, a blues musician, and basically a veteran. So these guys probably looked up to him. He was older than them. Uh, he had a great act of his own going strong at the time, Ike and Tina Turner. So I, I don't know. I think they're very much from the same uh, musical world, so that doesn't come as a shock. Fair enough, Lada. So, let's conclude this album with our ratings and our favorite songs. So, Vlada, what are you saying? Uh, I would say um, it's hard to choose the best song because they are all so damn good. Uh, several highlights for me, uh, just like a baby, uh, uh, also, there's a riot going on, a fantastic jam, and time, a beautiful ballad. So maybe time, for the time being, is my favorite, but I feel like there's so much to discover uh, on this record. So I will keep listening to this one and see how it evolves and how I perceive this record later on. So you're you are basically urging our listeners to listen to this album from a to z yes and i would give it the rating of nine because i think it's an Ooh. album absolutely deserving of its classic status please check it out it's it's a great funk record it's a great soul record um it's it's very dark so if you don't like that kind of if you're a very cynical person and you're not really into this sort of uh jovial style that they had early on this record might be for you okay my standard track is the opening one uh, love and hate uh, spelled in a very interesting way uh, not uh, typical not according to the rules uh, so um, that that's my favorite uh, it's very punchy and in your face right from the get-go I guess that's typical of this band, and obviously that that that's a great feature, and always a positive, from my perspective. Okay, Vlada, we are now approaching the end of this episode. Dear listeners, this is our eleventh episode, and uh, we wanted uh, last week we wanted to celebrate uh, recording our first ten episodes, so we decided to give you uh, our top ten lists. Uh, the first top ten lists. Uh, the, the first top 10 list was about um, our favorite album covers and the second one was a minisode where we talked about our uh, 10 episodes. We ranked them from 1 to 10. So we hope that you liked that, that you liked some um, bit of uh, bonus content. And as always, we're very thankful uh, for our patrons. They are absolutely brilliant. And Vlada, would you like to give them a shout out? Yes, dear patrons, thank you so much for being there for us. Without you, we wouldn't quite make it. So we really appreciate all your help and support. 
dear listeners, we also appreciate you listening to us and we can't wait to hear more from you. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can go and visit our Patreon page for Sunrise Podcast. Take a look at our special membership tiers. Uh, a huge shout out to all our current patrons, Asha, Stephanie, Kelly, David, Andriana, Stefan, and Janko. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, with this, we will wrap up this episode. Uh, we had some extra content, as Alexander mentioned, for our 10th episode. So please make sure you visit our Facebook page and our Instagram page where you can keep up with all the news regarding the podcast. And we have some uh, nice new surprises in store for you, hopefully. So stay tuned. That's right. Stay safe, everybody, and see you in a week.